Hey traders, welcome to another Performante podcast. Thank you very much for joining us for our daily dose of uh, our podcast here in the month of December. Hopefully you're enjoying the weekend. Hopefully you had a good Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we definitely did and coming at you before this upcoming week with the Sunday scaries. And uh, not, a whole, not all of it is, is going to be scary. We'll talk about some uh, Positive, interesting news, I guess, in terms of the markets. We'll discuss a little bit about what Congress is doing. Just overall continuing the uh, case that we should be in sound money. We'll talk about Elon Musk and Tesla and uh, kind of the shenanigans that he's doing on Twitter. We'll talk a little bit about Cash App and Square and uh, how they are kind of benefiting uh, the potential I guess usability and the desire to hold BTC just because of uh, kind of the inner workings of what we'll go over and then we'll talk the end off the podcast with the Sunday scaries talk a little bit about Ledger and the hack that they've recently uh, I guess you could say incurred but I uh, the hack that they recently had happened to them which is unfortunate but we'll go over that a little bit more in depth in the later half of the video so thank you very much for joining us and I'll pass it over on to Nathan. Thanks for tuning in to the 32nd episode on the 20th day of December. Hope you are staying warm, hope you're staying cozy wherever you may be on planet Earth. Jumping into the first story, we have positive news coming out of Congress that a $900 billion COVID stimulus will be hitting the nation very soon. Uh, this was in light that the recent bill proposals in terms of stimulus have not been bipartisan. Neither Democrats nor Republicans could both agree on one, but as of today, it looks like they have agreed on a $900 billion relief package, with the main point for the end consumer being $600 for most adults and $600 per child. This is obviously a massive distribution of wealth and really par for the course in terms of what we've seen within the context of 2020 with that currency expansion, with the proliferation of the USD. I think that the government is just trying to keep up with both the societal demand in terms of people need money to live and they're not getting it, and the economic demand in terms of there's no cash churning. So $900 billion caught off the press. I'm sure the Federal Reserve, the printers are putting in overtime, probably have to buy some new ink just to keep them sustained. But we're really seeing that continued theme of currency expansion. Yeah, 900 billion seems like a lot of money, but we were talking trillions kind of at the peak of COVID. So uh, it isn't the most amount of stimulus that they've incurred but uh, or, or, or created. But overall, the momentum of when we talked about it on Thursday, the interest rates kept at 0% for the federal funds rate, basically making it uh, free to borrow money. Credit is readily available. And we see the other side of it, which would be the printing money. So they are making it easy for credit and they are printing money. So they're just creating as much liquidity as possible because they know that the underlying economy is not doing fantastic. And even if it isn't, as long as they're printing money and there is inflation, these sound assets and, and sound money that we like to look at will continue to move to the upside. So uh, in terms of the positive impact that has on the investors and traders um, who already own, those, own these assets, obviously that's great. And it's also 
good for the people who are uh, needing this cash injection of $600. Also, they are adding $300 to the federal unemployment supplement uh, to temporarily keep people in pandemic era, uh, I guess, difficult situations still uh, eligible for insurance. So pretty good on that one. And now one we're going interest, oh, just one interesting quote to quote the presidential nominee, Joe Biden. He says that the $900 billion plan will provide critical temporary support, but it is just the beginning, which is an interesting statement because I think that kind of implies that more free cash is coming down the pipe. And so I think that the inflationary cycle is realistically just going to keep on churning. Yeah, definitely. Well said. It's uh, something that we've talked about for quite some time. And I think a lot of the ideas that we've been talking about are coming into fruition in terms of like, ZERP, um, in terms of the ease of credit and in the uh, really the ability for the central banks and government and, and Congress to say, hey, um, instead of uh, basically taxing people more, we can just give people free money. Uh, it makes them feel good in the short term, and it takes a lot longer for them to realize that we're really stealing value. So I think they're going to go with the more stimulus, makes them feel better instead of taxing people more. So um, I think we're going to see more of it. They could even, when they introduce the Fed coin or some central bank digital currency, they could really just have an instant deposit. Um, kind of similar to Canada has like a e-transfer system that is through email, which is pretty useful. Um, obviously, America doesn't have that. But if they're able to create some sort of blockchain system that enables them to more efficiently uh, deposit currency, if it is like, like e-United States dollars, that could be pretty interesting. But yeah, I think it's going to be happening more and more. So they're just going to try to find a more efficient way. And blockchain is definitely a uh, solution that they could potentially use. So it'd be interesting to see how it goes. So next thing we're going to be talking about is Elon Musk. Uh, for people who are in our Discord, a lot of people know we absolutely love the guy. He's uh, an absolute genius. He's a phenomenal entrepreneur. And he's a little quirky. And we kind of like that. Um, today, uh, he talked about Dogecoin. Uh, it rallied 25% on Binance. Pretty unbelievable. He also said that he is the former CEO of Dogecoin. That's actually listed on his bio on his Twitter. So uh, it's pretty funny that uh, the CEO of all these different companies, not just Tesla, but um, if you know anything about him, you know that he's a serial entrepreneur. And it's funny that he put that there. He even said that Bitcoin is a safe word recently within his Twitter as well. So I think... Um, he sees the increased level of interest in crypto maybe and he just likes to have a little fun have a little banter um yeah what are your thoughts nathan yeah you know i think this is uh just the legacy of one of the cheekiest mans on the internet continuing we've seen him be a little bit trolled before but he's claiming to be dogecoin's former ceo i guess he can add that to his list of merits given that he's got the boring company he's got tesla he's got neural he's got spacex and whatever other tricks he may have in his sleeve he posted a pretty inappropriate meme i'd recommend checking out his twitter twitter.com slash elon musk if you are interested uh, but one of the more interesting tweets that he did send in this frenzy of events early in the morning was that Bitcoin is almost as BS as fiat money. 
At least he recognizes fiat money is BS. He may think that Bitcoin is not the proper solution, but he's talking about it. He's getting that dialogue started. And one thing that is interesting to note is that Michael Saylor reached out to him in the replies of these tweets and said, hey, Elon, like you should do your shareholders of Tesla a favor and put your free cash on the balance sheet into Bitcoin. It'll start off as a hundred billion favor and it'll eventually evolve into a one trillion dollar favor. And uh, it's interesting to see that perspective from the MicroStrategy CEO because obviously he is so, so, so bullish on Bitcoin. And Elon, I don't know if he actually didn't know this or if he was just trying to play dumb, but he said, is a transaction that big even possible? Implying like buying billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin. To which Michael Saylor assured him that it is possible because he has bought $1.2 billion just within 2020. So it's interesting to see that kind of dialogue happening between the two CEOs. Personally, I think it's super wholesome to see those two massive conglomerates talk, discuss, kind of chat shit on the dynamics of cryptocurrency, the utilities, how to actually buy it in bulk. Either way, great cooperation between, realistically, two legends of the entrepreneur and CEO space. Also talking about Elon Musk kind of following suit with uh, dis- the discussion about really how <laughs> have a per- how awesome of a person he is. In short, uh, we think he's pretty phenomenal. Um, another thing that is positive for, I guess, Elon, uh, is he is, well, I guess his company is now entering in the S&P and the weight of Tesla within the S&P of the 500 largest companies in the world is going to be 1.69%. And uh, instead of, you know, coming up and becoming, let's say, out of 500, maybe in the 400s or 300s, he's fifth, um, which is pretty pretty unbelievable. Uh, when I heard that, I was pretty mind blown, but he is above some pretty big giants. Walt Disney being one of them, United Health, Indivia, Procter and Gamble, and even Visa. Um, his current, I guess you could say, uh, his his current market cap is around five hundred twenty-seven billion dollars, which is above Berkshire Hathaway's four hundred thirty-four for the Class B. Johnson and Johnson's four hundred six, like we talked about. BTC is four hundred forty-four billion. So Tesla is not much higher. In terms of market cap than BTC, which is at 444, Tesla at 527. So Tesla's kind of gonna be the next one to uh to hit for Bitcoin's market cap, but that's not really bad news, obviously. Um you can invest in both, they're very two different uh companies, industries, but pretty pretty unbelievable to see a car manufacturer get up there for uh sixth, uh Apple being first at two trail. Microsoft at 1.65, Amazon at 1.3, Facebook at 664 billion, and then Tesla at 527. So uh, not many companies ahead of his. And, uh, you know, we do see some companies that are over double, but think of how many people own Apple's or how many people use Microsoft products, like so many people. And then think of how many people own Tesla's, not that many. So it's pretty unbelievable to see that it is where it is. Yeah, 100%. They've made such a monumental series of moves within 2020 and even before that to position themselves where they are now. 
And one thing that's interesting to note within the consequences of this adoption into the S&P is that the S&P's dividend yield will actually dip from 1.56 to 1.53, just because Tesla is not a dividend paying stock. And uh, another inadvertent consequence is that for every $11.11 that Tesla moves up, the S&P should change by one point, which is super interesting just because you do see Tesla having a massive share of that total market cap relative to a lot of the other companies. I mean, it feels like the S&P is largely dominated by the top five or six companies. And that's just a trend that we've seen basically emerge with these massive overvalued tech companies dominating the index. It's a situation that ha that has occurred before. Um, I think at this point, the top 10 companies are weighted more than the bottom rest, more than any other time in history, more than the dot-com boom, I believe, um, which is pretty unbelievable. But it's very easily seen not easily understandable um but i'd say it's very visible when you see a big move within the tech stocks like the nasdaq you see the s p absolutely fall and even when you see some of these companies have great news it doesn't really affect the overall uh, i guess you could say stock market if you're looking at the s p because really you're looking at like a very small handful of stocks really you're looking at amazon you're looking at facebook you're looking at microsoft apple and really tesla and those are the main ones that move the s p um, Berkshire Hathaway, Johnson & Johnson, you know, the further you go down the list, it's not really going to be that massive. Microsoft is 5.29, Amazon 4. Point, let's say 4, Facebook 2.13, so um, these are going to be your heavy hitters for sure. So, going to be moving on to the uh, next up topic. Did you have anything else to add there, Nathan? Nothing else to add. Oh, okay, sweet. All right, uh, we'll be moving on to the next topic, which is going to be talking about Square and uh, Cash App because they are now allowing basically people to get paid in BTC for some of the uh, cashback options that they get to receive. So instead of getting USD back, you're actually getting Bitcoin. So I think this is extremely positive in two different ways. One, if people are able to hold Bitcoin and they don't want to, let's say, invest in it and they're just selecting it because they think it might be an interesting opportunity and they get let's say two three four ten dollars in btc and they see it potentially double or they see the price appreciation then they can actually visually see oh wow this is something that could very significantly move to the upside that i'm missing out on right now so you're seeing it's not a big number because it's a cashback percentage of whatever you spend um, depends on how much you spend obviously but when you see the price appreciation and the number go up and down all time, because if you own even a little bit of it, if it's in your cash app app, you will be checking it or you, most people will. And that's going to incentivize more people to potentially buy more BTC because not only are they using it for their cash app cash back, but then they're also looking at it and saying, wow, I made, let's say $5 this month and I had $5 in there uh, two months ago. Okay. Well, let's maybe invest a little bit more money. And if an entire generation or a large demographic within a certain country like the United States 
gets into the mindset of that, obviously that's a massive amount of retail uh, capital that is coming in that would have not been able to if they didn't get that initial small bit of exposure. So A, I think that's awesome. And B, um, you know, if you have a small amount of money, let's say 10, 15, $20 or whatever on the Cash App application in BTC, you could be using it. So there's going to be adoption. People are going to be transacting in BTC more because they own it. So um, overall, I do think that it's very positive depending on um, how they implement it. But if it's just going to literally be them sending BTC for a cashback, I think that's just adoption. Um, the friction of people getting exposure into BCC is basically nothing at this point. If they are 100% in the United States dollars, they spend the United States dollars and they receive BTC, that's pretty phenomenal for Cash App to have that auto adoption, uh, I guess, uh, setting that they have within the application. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of almost investing on autopilot, so to speak, kind of cliche, but it does encompass what's going on. And how often can you get cashback programs where you get rewarded in something that is subject to capital gains? That's a super unique concept. Uh, and that's honestly nothing out of the new for the for the legend Jack Dorsey, the pioneer. He's pro-Bitcoin, has been pro-Bitcoin, and is really taking steps to concrete Bitcoin's future within the modern money system. And so kind of keeping in tune with the adoption, we have some news coming out of Venezuela. Uh, so basically the platform Local Bitcoin is super popular in that country because it's a peer-to-peer -peer exchange. There's a high level of political corruption. And I think that citizens in Venezuela prefer to use Local Bitcoins because it's a safer way to exchange their sovereign bolivares for the world's largest cryptocurrency. And so it's interesting to note that almost $5.9 trillion in Bolivares, sorry, 5.9 trillion Bolivares was traded on local Bitcoin. That's equivalent to 306 Bitcoin. That's in like the week measurement, which is down from 314 Bitcoin weekly traded volume. But it's interesting to note that one Bitcoin costs 24 billion Bolivares which is an absolute obscene number. One Bitcoin for us is like 24,000 USD. For them, it's 24 billion bolivares. And monthly minimum wage in Venezuela at this moment in time is $1.20 US, which is absolutely abysmal within the context of trying to actually accumulate value, trying to have purchasing power, that it's absolutely just victimizing the countries of this nation that's hyperinflating all the way to the moon. Yeah, you're literally creating slaves because let's say you work that day. If you don't spend that money, it's going to be worth half, half as much, let's say in a couple of days when you needed to buy groceries. So um, it's, it's modern day slavery and the people who are benefiting are the people who are able to create the money that the economy has to use out of thin air. So it's very sad to see, but I think this is just creating even more reason to switch to a blockchain-based system where you're not trusting in a central government, you're not trusting in really a human or anything, it's, it's, you're trusting in an algorithm. And yes, people create it, but 
if you have a trustless system, then um, you're not going to have one person being able to just print way more than anyone else and have all that power. So um, Venezuela is definitely in a, very, in a very difficult situation. We have been covering the news stories that have been coming out of that country for a while, ever since the hyperinflation and uh, a lot of corruption. But they have been one of the early adopter, uh, adopters in BTC mining and transacting in the global stage with Bitcoin. So they mine Bitcoin and then they transact different commodities, let's say oil with uh, other countries like Turkey or Iran. So um, it's interesting to see them have challenges that they're facing and not be able to use the US dollar, like same with Iran, but then they're switching to other and other forms of transaction like Bitcoin and um, Dash for the people of Venezuela, which it's very cool to see. It's very sad, but then you see this disruptive technology help people who are in need. So um, definitely something interesting to see. We'll, we'll keep everyone updated on uh, the new stories coming out of Venezuela because it, it, it is the epitome of why we need maybe not so much blockchain altogether, but especially sound money, gold, silver, BTC. I think that's really, really showing the world that you know, fiat currency is, is pretty BS. So uh, we're going to end off the podcast on a little bit of a, not a down note, but uh, something that happened that is not great. Hackers leaked stole, stolen database on a hacker form. So they basically stole information and uh, put it on a form within the dark net. Uh, to be honest, I don't exactly know where, but, uh, you know, they have information on the addresses of the people who own these ledgers, which is something that I don't want anywhere, obviously. Um, pretty pretty scary to some degree, obviously. You know, you might not know exactly the amount that is on the address, uh, that is on the wallet, but you have, like, email addresses, full names, the address of the location, as well as the phone number. So um, there is no passwords on the database, which is great that they said, but um, you know, still having full names, addresses is something that should not be uh, provided to random people. Yeah, 100%. This theft of data happened almost five months ago in the summer. I think it was in June. And initially when it happened, they didn't really own up to all of the information that was stolen. I believe they just said it was email addresses. But with this recent news coming to light, we now understand that basically there's text files of 272, 854 people where it has their full names, their country, their full postal address, their email address, and their phone number, which is absolutely obscene. And they have a separate file containing almost 1.1 million email addresses. So very widespread data leakage coming out of Ledger. And one thing that I think is not necessarily the highest probability to happen, but I'd imagine it would happen in some capacity, is physical harassment or violence that could happen because of these. If people, nefarious actors on the internet, have access to people's physical location where they might be living and know that they have cryptocurrency, There'd be no way to determine how much crypto they have, but in some capacity, there is a risk of some person on the internet targeting you and be like, oh, I know this person at this location has a ledger. And that's not something that I want to be put in. So 
if there are any nefarious actors listening to this podcast that have ledger information and we are included on it, please do not come into our house. If we have to choose between life or Bitcoin, you can bury us with our ledger. <laughs> it's a very good way to end off the podcast, I think. Uh, that's light, light, lightens up the mood for sure, which... Uh, it's pretty great for the scary Sundays, or Sunday scaries, I should say. Uh, not every Sunday we have a podcast about Sunday scaries, but I think it's good to shed a little light on some of the potential negatives that could come from just being online. Uh, you got to be careful. You got to be cautious. You got to understand what you're clicking on. You have to understand what you're opening, what you're downloading, because there are people out there trying to do some nasty things, and what we're trying to promote is being safe, being secure, and making sure that uh, you have a great experience investing in cryptocurrencies is, is kind of our goal. So thank you very much for tuning in to the 33rd podcast for Performante. We really appreciate it. Like we said, we do another one or we do one every single day of December. So uh, stay tuned for tomorrow for our 34th podcast. And until then, I uh, will pass it on to Nathan to uh, finish up the, the overall podcast wherever you may be on planet earth we wish you the best stay safe stay stay warm stay cozy take care everyone